Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. All right. Well, hello, Jenny. How are you? I am so good. It's a it's been a long weekend, not the weekend that you're listening to this, but the weekend we're living. Um, and it's been relatively relaxing. Plus, it's my mother's 80th birthday, or as I like to say to her, you look so good for 90. <laughs> so it's it's been a fun day. We went over and brought her some food, flowers, and uh, balloons. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Yeah, and the whole, the whole family, both my daughters um, and their daughters joined us, and we just had a good time wishing her a, a happy 80th. That's wonderful. How was your weekend? What have you been up to? My weekend was good too. We did a lot of staying around the house. Um, It didn't, we didn't get um, snow and stuff, but we had a lot of like frozen icy rain, just cloudy skies, but tomorrow's supposed to be sunny. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I don't care if it's cold. I just like a little sun. Yeah. It's, it's been really rainy here, but the bright side for me has been if it's only misting, you can take a picture all day long because the cloud cover means the whole day is the golden hour. So that's been an advantage because I've, I've fallen a little behind in taking pictures of my makes lately. Well, speaking of your makes, maybe you can catch us up on what you've, what you've done since our last episode, which is probably oh. an entire wardrobe. <laughs> so um, I have about 12 things waiting to be photographed. Um, so I've definitely been working on a bunch of stuff. One of the things I did this weekend is I worked on two of my Upton fabric roulette challenge dresses. Um, I completed one in denim that I included an embroidered quote on the um, front waistband piece. And then I also completed one in a pleather with a red lining, which I thought was was kind of neat. Um, I hadn't really accounted for the fact that on the pleather, because it it doesn't require hemming, I didn't hem it. And so it's it's longer than I expected. So I have to make Ah. a decision about whether to go back and hem it or to slice it off. And I'm a little nervous about cutting it because somehow on the first cut, I got the perfect, even, smooth, no jaggies, no nothing hem. And if I go to cut it an inch and a half shorter, what are the odds that I'm going to be able to replicate that perfect cut? So I may end up tip flipping the hem over. And if I do that, I think I'm going to use like a red go grain ribbon mm. as my hem binding because with the red lining on the bodice, I think that would be another neat detail no one would ever see except for me, but it'd make me, make me pretty happy, I think. So I'm debating on that. Uh, in addition, I made another of the Trillium dresses, which is a made by Ray that I love, um, that goes up to a 59 inch hip, although it's got a couple pleats in it. So practically speaking, my 61s, I don't adjust. I just use the pattern as it is. Um, I am now up to 30 total Trilliums that I've made since since the pattern was upsized in the middle of 2020. Um, So it's fair to say still one of my favorite dresses. Um, That one I made out of a green micro cord with little owls all over it. Is that what you're wearing right now? It is, it's what I'm wearing right now. Those are cute owls. And the, yeah, they've got, to me, they look like pirates because they have little red striped shirts on. Oh yeah. I don't think they're necessarily shirts, but that's what they look like to me. Um, I really, I really like this one. I, the dress calls for shearing on the back Mm -hmm. and, um, I don't like having to fiddle with my bobbin case to put the elastic in it. Okay. So I almost always do something else. And in this case, I used, um, one inch wide twill tape in the same color green as the background of the dress to put a casing in and then stuck elastic inside the casing. Uh and then pulled it tight. So I, I think, I think it's a similar look because it gives you that fittedness Mm -hmm. at what is really an empire waist height is where that fittedness comes in. Um, but doesn't require, doesn't require me to argue with my machine over whether it wishes to do bobbin elastic shearing correctly the first time I try it. So I I almost always, 
I, it's one of those things where back when I had um, an old singer, I used to do that pretty regularly on children's clothing. And it was not a big deal. I knew the steps. I knew exactly what portion of a turn of the screw and the bobbin I needed to take to make the tension right and all of those things. But with a fancy electronic machine, I'm a little nervous about getting the tension correct. So I just essentially decided I was going to avoid the question. Yeah, I'd like to try it, but my, my machine, you can't, I can't adjust the tension on the bobbin, um, at least not any so, way that I know. So for some of them, like the baby lock that I have now actually comes with two bobbin cases mm -hmm. so that you could, you, you've got one that you could use for the sheared elastic as I understand it, ah. but I have not tried this out. So that may not be accurate. I know it came with two cases. My understanding is one was for decorative threading. So like Satouche or other things, um, which is the one I would assume I would use for the elastic, but, but it's one of those intimidation points for me. I am a very experienced sewist. I've done this even previously many decades ago. My children are in their 30s. So it's been a while since I made them sundresses as young children. Um, but I'm, I'm nervous about it on my existing machine. So I just skip it and choose alternate ways. I've got about four different ways I stick elastic on the backs of these dresses. Lately, I've really liked the casing. I think that's a, it's, a, it's an attractive look and it's really quick and easy which is also a thing I love. So um, how do you like the denim Upton? I'm curious. I never see your denim. So I'm curious about that. So I think I like it a lot. And I actually, with the leftover fabric, made myself a denim pencil skirt as well this huh. weekend. Um, and I, I, I don't like the pencil skirt as much. It actually was really disappointing to me, but I like the, the denim Upton. I think I like quite a lot. It's one I'm likely to keep instead of um, giving away fairly quickly to my daughter who fits similar clothing sizes. Um, it's comfortable, it's, it's sort of a dark wash denim. So it looks, to me, it looks like work appropriate. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's got that kind of a look instead of being something that might be faded or otherwise um, look to me more casual. So I think it'll, it'll be a good work outfit as well. Yeah. I did a whole bunch of other stuff when I was sewing, but those were sort of the high highlights. High I don't want to go through all 12 outfits. Um. <laughs> well, I did a little sewing this week too. We talked a little bit last week about the goddess gown and um, I did make my goddess gown and I'm going to show it to you here. It's this um, beautiful blue. Um, oh, that is pretty. But Very vibrant. But, but it is, there's not a lot of extra room in the hips. You, okay. you do have to go by the measurements um, because I have small hips and I, um, it, it, it fits, I have plenty, plenty of room. It's just that it's not like what I thought it was, which was a lot of extra room. So I the think the line drawing, yes. right? The line drawing looks that way. Yeah, there's not. So it's a, it's very kind of flattened here, you know? It's not as wavy as that line drawing looked. Now I have a yeah. problem here and I'm hoping that your expertise might be able to solve uh, this for me. Can you guess what my problem is? Well, it's very low cut. That is, okay, I'm already 50 something years old. Okay, so these are already hanging pretty far down low. I'm surprised this is too low for me, but it is full cleavage with this on. And yeah. I can wear, I can obviously wear a camisole or something under it, but I was trying to think of something I could do sewing wise to fix that. Now I know I can do it for an another one. I'll just make the, the neckline higher. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, but I was wondering if there was anything I could do to, to, that I could sew in. So like the, the best path I have, cause I've had a few of those I've had to fix either that were ready wear or not is usually taking and making a choice about whether you want a permanent fix or something you can swap out. If you're going to swap it out. If you put um, a couple of sew in some snaps at the top and one at the bottom, just below where the V ends, uh -huh. you can basically take triangles of fabric and make choices to have what amounts to the camisole look, but without having other parts of the camisole, right? So you I can make like a little triangle. The camisoles are uncomfortable to me. So yeah, I don't like them under things. Yeah. yeah. 
but you could do triangles. And so you could do lace when you're trying to be all sexy and stuff, maybe on a date night or something, right? If you're not, especially if you're not going to wear a bra, we don't have to go into the details on that, but, but that's an option, but you could also do contrasting or even the same fabric sort of a thing. And you could just sew it on if that's your preference, if you're just going to do one thing, but you could also with just some snaps, you could make something that gives you some flexibility to switch things out. One other idea I had, and it, it would change up the look for sure. There are sort of V-neck shirts that have um, like grommets and a lace. And lacing. Yeah, yeah. And lacing. And I was wondering about that, or, but I thought this fabric, it might just be, that seems more like something you do with Jersey or something, not necessarily this pretty. Yeah. This was on. a tensile or something, right? It's right. Like a tensile. Okay. Yeah. So I, I own things that have small straps, but don't have the grommets. So you could do lacing like that. I probably wouldn't do the grommets. If I was going to do lacing, I'd do faux lacing. Like when and you so I'd make little... the piping. Oh, piping. Okay. I'd make the piping or whatever. You could do a satouche frog too. That'd be super cool. Um, but I would make just the piping and do the crisscrossy, but sew it on rather than have it be actually laced. Cause I think the stress of the lacing part of the lacing would be the problem. I think that would be a problem too, because the, the neck is a little bit, I am, I immediately uh, stay stitched it. I was so careful, but it still seems a little floppy. I have yeah. to say the one thing about this pattern, this pattern is the, the pattern itself is exceptionally good for beginners in that it's, you come up with a very delightful dress that's very simple. It's caftan style, basically. There's seams at the top. The 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 pieces just look like dresses already. You know the, the yeah. seams are grown. Sleeves are grown on. It's so simple to do, um, and it's just got this V neck with a facing. Now, the problem is there's almost no instructions. There's five instructions, and they are like sew the shoulders, sew the sides add the, oh, there's pockets to it too, right? And they don't tell you how to put it in the pockets. And I think it's just a little bit of a shame because it's such an easy dress, but there's a solution and I'm going to put it in the show notes. Um, someone who has, I don't know who this person is, but their, their name, I don't, I don't know if it's like this on Instagram too, but their website, their blog is tip stitched and she has a delightful step-by-step um, -step video of it. So if anybody who's a beginner wants to make this goddess gown, now I chose this for the Black History Month pattern challenge, pattern designers challenge, hashtag BHM pattern designers. Um, and so if you want to participate in that and you want an easy dress, this is it. Just go to her website so that you can get instructions for it because there's just, there's no instructions at all. Um, so it's very simple. I think it would... Um, the, the, the sizing is just kind of great it, it, because it's a caftan style. It's very simple. Um, anyways, I think it's a, I think it's a nice dress. Um, but be careful on the V neck. I will say though, when I look at this woman on tip stitched, hers doesn't look too short. So either she adjusted it, which I don't think she said that in her blog post, but also her body shape is different than mine. So my, where my butt, I, I determine this on my bust size, but a lot of people who have my bust size have more on their, um, on the top of their back and on the top of their shoulders, more body to fill in. And it might pull that neckline up for them. Whereas for me, um, it, the, it's way down low. So one of the things I sort of wondered, and I, I have not looked at the pattern enough to know, because I bought this pattern as well, is that sometimes when people grade a pattern up for larger sizes, what ends up happening is, is they don't think about bodies while they're, while they're grading it. So you could have something that has a V-neck that's a, an appropriate shallow V, and every time they go up a size, they might drop down half an inch they don't do that on this the, okay there's very little difference and in fact all of the smaller sizes use the same facings okay so, i just wondered because that's a common that is, issue yeah no that's not a problem on it in fact like there's very little difference between that so that's why i think it'd be easy just to add something on the other side of it you know because both pieces are cut on the fold 
So it's it's a very simple pattern. It looks just like a half a dress, you know, and um, except for the facing, which um, I I only use because it's a V-neck and I'm not very confident in doing bias bindings for a V-neck. Um, I, so for me on rayon, I find bias banding isn't always my friend anyway. It can Mm. sometimes lead to sort of a stretched out look, Mm. even with stay stitching. So I, I sort of hesitate on that. I often line the bodice portion, Mm -hmm. even on a dress where it's a one piece dress, I might cut out a piece that goes to just below the bust. For example, like say three or four inches below my bust using the same pattern piece as the dress, just chopping it off at that point and choosing to line. Um, when I do that, I often take the lining portion there where it's just a, a one piece dress and I fold it under and I may put elastic in it to hold that sort of in place, you know, when I'm wearing it, but I like, I like the lining versus the facing sometimes because I find my facings, even when understitched are not always well-behaved. Yeah, that, that's definitely, that, that might be an issue with this as well. But I think, I think I will try to just do something about that neckline because the dress looks actually quite nice on me. I'll put it on Instagram this week. I'm sure. Um, it, but, but it is too low and I guess it might not be too low if I didn't wear a bra because then we'd be even lower. (laughs) I was going to suggest that because I know for me, that's the, thing that I can, I can definitely change how a, how a top looks just by eliminating the bra. I'm not always comfortable with that choice, but, but for I can make the, it for, for right now, for our dining now, it would be fine. Cause it's in the house, but, um, I'm not sure I'm willing to go out. Um, <laughs> how were the pockets on the hips for me? I've got such a big difference between my waist and my hips that I often find pockets that are not like set in and stitched around and have a little opening or whatever that often with that, I find, um, they pooch out. They seem fine for me, but again, I don't have much hip. Yeah. Now I think that I put them lower than they were supposed to go. I'll tell you why I don't know that for sure. There's no instruction. (laughs) There, There are, there are, um, there are notches, but the notches, there's a double notch like for the back or something, but I can't seem to, I can't get the notches to match any of the two. So um, I put them where, where it would work best for me. Right. Um, And probably in her video, she explains that much better um, because it is a simple dress. It's just, you are used to, I mean, this, I mean, style arc looks like chili and the buttons with (laughs) (laughs) compared to this, but it is a lovely dress though. I mean, I really felt pretty in it. So, um, I, I, want to recommend it. I just, just with the caveats know that there's not instructions. Like I have a, uh, I have a red, um, rayon twill that I'm planning to make it out of as a solid. So if I end up going solid, that'll be my choice. But you gave me the perfect segue to make a comment about style arc. Okay. Cause you brought them up and we were talking about pockets on some of the style arc dresses. The pocket assumption is that your arms are like eight inches longer than they are. <laughs> okay. I'll made, be aware of that. I've made so many style arc dresses where I have followed their notching and then gone. So I have to bend over to reach my own pockets because they are so far down. I mean, they're practically knee pockets. It's crazy. So oh, that's I didn't know if you'd noticed that, but on the dresses, there have been at least two, maybe three of them I've made where the, where the pockets, literally, I got to move them up six inches, like an actual six inches. Well, that's, is- a, that's a good, uh, a good thing for me to know, because I have some style art dresses in my list to do. And what I've done so far has only been tops from them. Um, yeah. This top I'm wearing today is a new one from them that I got. I'm new for me. Um, it's called Madison and it's a raglan tee. Um, and I put a I put a ribbed, I did have to lower the neckline. I find raglan tees, uh, 
from almost everyone is too high on my neck. I can't, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just because I get claustrophobic or something. They have a nice wide cuff. Um, I wondered, I saw you wearing that and I thought that cuff looked really nice. Very stylish. And a nice wide hem on it. So this was my sort of toile with some cheap French terry from uh, girl, Charlie. I think it's $5 a yard and it, it, this only took me just barely over a yard. It's very, because it's very wide fabric. Um, But this is the style arc Madison tee. And then the other one that I'm making right now is the Selena woven top. And that is, I'll show you the picture of, from them. It's this one. Oh yeah. With the cute little hem. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's the bonus one this month. So I bought this one and I got that one for free and, um, I'm making it with a Navy rayon twill that is so soft. The only problem is I caught a little bit of it in my serger when I put the ruffle on. And when you take that out with a twill, it just comes apart. Mm-hmm. So I may have to actually re redo that and like that so that got put on the shelf today because I don't want to redo it right now but that's the sewing I got done this week I can understand that I have I have a little pile of projects just off camera that is things I got started on and thought better of for one reason or another and sometimes it's just you know I cut it out and as I was cutting it out I thought god this is the wrong pattern for that yeah and it's too late once you've already made so many cuts it's like well so I'll finish cutting it and put it in a um a a little shop envelope and leave it sit there (laughs) leave it sit there until I decide to make something with it or decide to put it in the pile for my daughter who reuses my fabrics (laughs) so yeah I've got I've got a few like that I can totally understand that so have you made some choices about hashtag pf who are you i have um so i have um let's see oh yeah so i was last week toying with these ideas of these different tops that i wanted to do and i kind of went a slightly different way and i've decided to do the so liberated hinterland dress and this has um this dress, she, I think it was last year, she went up in her size range um, to up mm-hmm. to a US size 30. And I had made a muslin for it out of some cheap fabric I got from fabric.com that was, um, that was the, um, I don't know, it, it was this really off grain stuff that was terrible, but it I love it still. I wear it all the time. And I made that one with just the buttons and the bodice. And um, what I'm going to do for this one is I'm going to make this out of the natural linen and I'm going to make the buttons the whole way down. And I think that I'm going to use the block printing on the very bottom hem of it, Um, block printing and embroidery. And I may bring just a tiny bit up to the shoulder to kind of pull that in. Um, but we'll see how that goes. I like it. That seems really neat. I have purchased the hinterlands dress, I think before the upsizing, because I somehow thought, oh, well, I'll just do that myself. So I probably need to reach out and see if the upgrade is available to me. I just never quite got to it. It's the sort of dress that I feel like I would like to make and would enjoy having, but that really isn't my style in the end. I have that um, butt heavy pear shape. And so things that are less fitted through the waist aren't always what I'm looking for. Because if I have to have all my, well, my hips are 61 inches, but my bust is 51 inches. And if I have to have everything in a dress that's largely a a column, I mean, I know it's got a gathered skirt, but the basic shape of it is a rectangle with a gathered skirt. Mm. It tends to overwhelm me. And if you do it too much smaller through the waist, the gathers on the skirt don't always look the way you're expecting them to. So I I sort of have a love-hate with those. One of my most popular Instagram posts of all time 
is a dress similar to Hinterland's from Style Arc, where mm. it's that same basic shape, but no buttons up the front. And everybody lost their crap over it. And I'm like, oh God, this one's being donated the second I take it off. I had a picture in my head mm-hmm. that I thought was so much more wonderful. I'm okay with something that shows all of my many rolls across mm-hmm. my stomach and hips. About 75 to 80% of the time, I'm okay with that. And so every one of the dresses I make like that, I love at some moment, (laughs) but there are still the mornings where I get up and I'm like, wow, that is, that is a lot more sharing than I want to do today. (laughs) I end up changing. (laughs) So it just, it just varies, but, but I, I understand that for sure. I think that's going to be really neat to see. And I hope you're going to document well on um, Instagram uh, for us, that process, especially the block printing, which I'm fascinated by so what do you got coming okay so i talked about a lot of crazy stuff last week because crazy is definitely in my ballpark but when i stopped to think about it i realized that honestly if i'm going to express who i am through a sewing project for our podcast the truth is i'm someone who sews a lot and quickly quirky things that represent a lot of different parts of my personality. And so I'm going to make seven Tarly T t-shirt dresses by Muna and Broad, which goes up to 71 and a half inch hip. I'm going to make seven different versions of this that are significantly different to each other but are all things that I would really enjoy having in my life. So for example, you know, that stretch lace, uh, the stretch netting that has three-dimensional flowers sort of put on it Uh where they're, where they've just taken other pieces of netting, cut it up and twirled it around in a Mm -hmm. circle and there's flower. So I made a, I made one out of that with a lining um, down to my upper thighs and then no lining below that. Cause of course it's completely seen through and I debated just going with it, but then realized I would never wear it. So it's lined to my thighs. Um, but after that, it's just the completely sheer netting. And that's a completely different look t-shirt dress than um, the one I'm making right now. That is this pale blue with bumblebees on it. Oh, And I love this fabric. And to me, this with a, I have a gold sweater that'll go beautifully with it is just another, another side of a thing that I enjoy. So that, that type of a thing, right? So I've got one um, that I made out of uh, fabric that has rainbows on it because that's very me as well. And I have another one that I've made with a turtleneck that's out of a um, shades of navy sweater that's sweater rib knit that's um, looks like it's four knits, four pearls, sort of as wide oh. ribbing, but it's very fine fabric. Mm-hmm. And so I've made made that and I've got I've got several others that I'm going to do something similar with, each of which are are for a different part of my day or my week or a different way I might wear them or enjoy them. Um, But it, it, it felt to me like representing um, my binge sewing would be really important Yeah, as well as um, the variety of materials I enjoy using some, in some cases exclusively, because it's like, whoa, I wonder what that would be like, even though I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. So I I thought that would be fun. And also representing a company that you really like to absolutely uh, support. Yeah, absolutely. So it just all kind of came together in that way for me. And I'm already at least three of the, well, I've made six, six of the seven (laughs) this weekend. Um, And at least three of them are clearly going to be new favorites for me. They're ones that I can already imagine myself wearing just constantly. And I, I love the fit they have. Now, I, I, I'm going to take exception to one of the terms that's usually mentioned for sewists that are not just plus sized, any sized sewist, um, but they, they build in the sway back adjustment. Hmm. So where your, where your lower back dips in and then comes back out for your hmm. ass, basically, they build that into the pattern. Okay. So the back piece of it is two pieces with that curve in it. I don't like the term sway back. For some reason to me, that just doesn't, it sounds 
like a negative, like you're, you're oh. going, well, your body's got to sway back in it. So we're going to do this. It's sort of like when they talk about the dowager hump, it's like, I don't know that that's the phrasing I want for that body <laughs> adjustment you're asking me to make. So for me, I always think of it as the baby got back adjustment okay. <laughs> because, because that works really well for me. I'm totally pleased at the idea of like, oh yeah, my butt is so big. We got to make a, make an adjustment to that dress so that it does what it's supposed to. And uh, that, that adjustment is built into it, which I did like. So it's, it's oh, been fabulous. Nice. I, I love it. I love it so much. I am so happy with what I've done here. And it's much easier than making a vinyl upturn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm excited to see the the whole uh, uh, parade of them. I mean, my goodness. I'm I the very first one has already gone up on my Instagram. Okay. It is made out of um, 1960s, early 70s. Batman fabric. Ah. So it's modern fabric, but the fabric has the Batman from that era on it. It's With the Bobby. one that makes you, if you're my age and this is what you did after school, you immediately start doing the na 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 Batman. It's that Batman. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's well, completely fabulous. Um, I wanted to talk about one thing that we mentioned last week, which is the frugal frockers or the frugal frock challenge that's going on um that's gotten pretty big too it's got uh, a whole bunch of youtubers for like i mean like 47 of them are participating wow. in this and so um i talked to um frugalissima and i said hey you know there's there's there can be kind of a limitation on the number of patterns that fit people with a 60 inch hip or wider. And do you have any information on that? And um, sh she had posted a link to um, broaden the seams, um, free patterns. And so I went there and I found several that I think might be nice, but I am also linking the show notes, that page from, um, from Jess from broaden the seams um, so that you can see the full list of free plus size sewing patterns. Now that's not just dresses. It's all sorts of mm -hmm. other things. And the list of plus size, it's not, um, some of them only go to 50 hemp. So, but she does put the measurement of what they go to next to them. So you're not searching around looking for things that aren't going to fit you. Some of them that looked particularly good. Um, there's two from Rebecca, Rebecca Page in there. One that's the, the Porsche dress and that Porsche party dress goes up to a 58 inch hip. And the Patsy party dress goes up to a 57 inch hip, but the hips are not likely to be limiting on that. I think it's like 81 inches or something for the, the way that it is. Um, the finished garment. I mean, and both yeah, with both of those, I, 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 I've got both of those and have made one of them. And I don't remember which one the bigger limiter for me was the waist measurement. Yeah. So determining whether or not that fit was, was what you really needed or bust if you're a particularly large busted. The Agnes swing top from Hala patterns, they had, um, all, it's also available in a dress. And so it, it's one of those patterns or like love notions has where it comes with five different patterns, um, for in one it's, it's, it's $5, but if you join her Facebook group, you can get it for free. So that would qualify for the contest. Um, and then there's a couple from the fabric store. One of them is this Cora half sleeve linen dress. And that's very similar actually to the Hinderland dress. Um, and it's designed of course, to be in for linen, um, because that's, they'd like to sell you on. And there's also this Noor wrap dress. Um, um, it goes up to a 58 inch hip, but the finished garment is 82 inch hip on that wrap dress. So, um, I think that it will fit a lot of people. So those that are sounds really neat. Um, I, I, I do like that idea. Um, I have not had as much success as I would like with free patterns in, in part, just because of my, my particular body measurements can make it difficult. In addition, occasionally I find that free patterns um, are only available in print from home, not AO sizing or like other that. large format sizing, which um, isn't necessarily a limiter for everybody, but there are a number of people who uh, struggle with taping together patterns at home. It's, it's, a, it's a problem either due to space or in some cases due to physical limitations. So that's 
that's that's worth noting as well. I am looking at the Nor uh, wrap dress pattern. And it's very cute. It reminds me of what I think is the Hannah from By Hand London, but it also reminds me of that really popular one lately, the um, M. McCall 7969 maybe, yep. mm -hmm. where everybody and the, their brother is doing it. But it's um, it's similar. This one looks like it's a little more tailored in the sleeves, but it's, right. it's a similar dress, a pretty neat look. Um, although I, I don't know how much success you have with wraps for me. I, I, I have not made enough. It can be rough. <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, I, I haven't made one yet and I want to, because I see so many of them, but, and I do, I, I think it's called a Hannah wrap dress. Anyway, that one, I know I've seen warnings of it being too low. So in that case, I would try to build in some kind of snap or something i stuck um, a snap on it yeah and, and it and it worked fine it didn't look it odd it did but it it suffered with the problem that most woven wrap dresses have for me no matter what they've done like this one was made for a d cup and they they darted and did some other jazz or whatever but no matter what they do if it's a woven not a knit it still ends up being too much like a rectangle in the end right that the wrap itself mm. doesn't come in enough because they don't put a zip in them and they aren't usually a true wrap they're usually uh. a wrap bodice with a skirt sewn onto mm. it so you don't have a true wrap where you can just keep tugging on those strings to bring it into the shape you want instead you end up with sort of a rectangle with a skirt on it again and for me it's not my it's not my favorite look and yeah. so the one i made was successful maybe it was called elodie the one that they do oh. um anyway it was quite successful but it wasn't what i was looking for yeah so i you know but most most wraps struggle with that low thing now if you want a knit wrap dress i recommend um the cashmerette appleton Mm, uh, yeah. they, just, they just expanded the sizing on, um, I believe, both down to zero and up to 32. That's correct. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I, I've always found that one to be a, a really nice looking one. It's an easy sew. I've made seven or eight of them. Um, and I, I like them very much. But I go hot and cold on true wraps mm. <laughs> um, as to how much I like them, in part because with this one, I bought it pre-expansion. Mm -hmm. And my hips were a good, you know, five inches above the hip measurement and it's a fitted dress. So I had to sort of self-draft the expand out from my waist to that mm -hmm. width. And I never felt fully satisfied with how it flowed. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying the updated one where I can use Jenny Rushmore's cutting lines instead of ones I invented right. as I was looking at it. So, so that'll be pretty neat. Um, and one that I would definitely recommend. One of the things I did a lot of sewing on this weekend is test sewing. Um, so I made three different patterns for sewing tests that I'm working on. And one of the questions that I periodically get is, why do you test patterns? Do you enjoy testing patterns? And how do I test patterns? And um, I test patterns because I have big hips and a lot of people with big hips don't have patterns available to them. And the more that I test, the more likely it is there'll be additional patterns out there. So I do it because I like to support what I want to see in the world. Um, I enjoy testing some, it sort of depends. I've gotten pickier the longer I've done it. Mm -hmm. And now I primarily only test things where I think I would like the resulting garment instead of just testing any old wild thing that somebody needs tested. So I'm not really into joggers, so I'm not going to test any joggers. <laughs> On the other hand, you got an adorable dress with some sort of ruffle feature. I am in. Um, and so that's sort of my path for it. I get most of my testing stuff, and we'll put the link in the show, show notes, from um, a plus-size pattern testing group on Facebook. Um, someone created the group seeing that there were designers saying, we don't have access to plus-size testers so of course we can't expand our patterns and as a consequence someone created this group and started inviting designers to it the other way that i get into pattern tests is oftentimes if you have signed up on someone's website when they're doing a test for expansion they'll send it out to their newsletter asking people to apply and then the final way i do it is <clears throat> i reach out to designers where i like their stuff and ask them when they're going to expand and whether they would like me to test <laughs> which has worked a couple of times. 
but can of course also result in the designer saying you're really just not worth their time because you're a you're a body they don't want to design for um which has its own set of implications but but it's been kind of fun so this weekend i made a a little dress that's got um a i'm gonna say about a three-quarter circle half to three-quarter circle skirt on it um with a a slightly short-waisted bodice um, but its neat feature is that it has a ruffle that runs from the waistband up over your shoulder and down the back to the waistband on both sides. So the bodice piece is actually made up of a side piece, a centerpiece, and a side piece, sort of like a princess seam yeah. would be. And they've put a ruffle up along that line going over your shoulder, which I thought was adorable. Um, and then I've also tested... Uh, one one caftan but i've cut out two test garments for it mm. so it's a, a different caftan and it's one that comes with a plan for a belt so that you're you're pulling it in at the waist and i made a a floor length version well i made three versions i made a floor length version a knee length version and a floor length version where i sewed it together wrong and i didn't want to unpick it so now it's my daughter's and she can have the fabric <laughs> so, I don't know if that counts as a version, but it was a learning experience. When I finished it, I went, oh yeah, I need to flip it out so you can see the ruffles. How would you do that when I sewed them so that the ruffles are on the inside? <laughs> and then and then it was like, yeah, it's it's too much. I'm just not gonna pick it out. She's skinny, she can just cut it apart and use the bits she wants. <laughs> so are most of the patterns that you test, are they um, existing patterns that are being expanded or are they new patterns that the pattern designer has a large size range? So I'm, I would say that for me personally, it's about 50-50. In the case of this weekend's tests, one of them, both of them actually, because I, yeah, both patterns I tested were brand new patterns. Huh. There wasn't an existing size range being expanded, um, but, but I I do test for expanding size ranges as well. Um, to some extent, ex testing for an expanding size range is, is more fun because the odds are pretty good. The instructions are already perfect. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a pretty good chance that the test is really just intended to prove what they already know. Yeah. Whereas some of the other types of things I test where it's a brand new pattern um, you're, you're also teaching them things. The most humorous part about this weekend was the dress with the ruffles. I, I finished it up. I took my pictures. I'm like, it's raining, but here's the kitchen photos. I'm going to send you cuter ones later. And I was so happy with it. It was adorable. People thumbs up it. And I felt great about that. And then the designer said, are the underarms really baggy? And I'm like, nope, look at them. They fit beautifully. Every other person said the underarms were baggy, which has me wondering what is weird about my body. Or maybe that's just the perfect pattern for you. I mean, I don't know. But what does that say? <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, I mean, do I have like a lot of extra fatty deposits under my arms that I'm unaware of? What's happening here? Do I have a larger tolerance for this? To what I mean, the the bodice, as I recall, was was cut to a CD cup. Is it simply a matter of I've got a bigger than CD in this designer's mm. bust size, and so my boobs used up all of the fabric that would otherwise be pooling under my arms? It just, <laughs> I just, it was just so funny. I thought, oh my gosh, my <laughs> my body is clearly quite different than everybody else's. Or I guess the other option is I'm getting the same fit, but I don't think of it as baggy. I mean, that would be another. Another possibility is I'm like, no, that's comfortable. And everybody else is like, it doesn't hurt. It must be too loose. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. But yeah, it's about 50-50 for me. Do you get um, any kind of compensation for this? It varies. So um, if I'm not getting compensated, it means I really love your pattern. <laughs> because, because essentially, um, I mean, obviously even if you're getting a free pattern out of it, many of the designers, their comp for you is, oh, we'll give you a copy of the pattern when we're done and it'll be the, the good one. And in some rare cases, it'll be, and you can have a different pattern of ours and we'll be completely free. Um, but for a test, you may be doing upwards of three versions of it to get it right. I did one for a cocoon dress that I actually really liked, but I made it out of 
low quality knit from Joann's that shrunk up like eight inches when I, when I washed it and it went from being a cute little cocoon dress to being a cocoon mini tank or something. It was very bad. Um, but from that one, I made three different versions before they had the data they needed to finalize their test pieces. So if you're not being compensated, you may end up with three dresses at two to three yards a piece that you can't wear that aren't what you expected or intended. And so a compensation is always nice. Um, some companies regularly compensate. Um, and in, in one special case, I did a test for a pair of jeans and received the fabric, all of the notions, including the needles and the thread, um, as well as a stipend for printing the AO size of the pattern and a stipend for me afterwards. And the money for me afterwards, denim, pants, jeans, I mean, that was for me, even that was like four or five hours of sewing and the, the stipend was nothing compared to the time I put in it, but all of the materials were provided, as I said, and, and it was, that was, that was to me an ideal situation. Mm -hmm. um, I've also previously been compensated with a significant fabric stipend. So to make a, a dress that might take two to three yards, I've been given $75, for example, mm -hmm. um, as a fabric stipend, which I, I use to print the pattern and, and do the fabric. Um, so there are companies out there doing that, but it's, it's not as common as it could be. And it's completely appropriate to want to be paid for your time and your materials when you're doing a test. On the other hand, there, there are moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm good with it because I love the designer, I love the company, or I love the specific pattern, and I'm willing to put in some of that time in order to try and thing. I um I've heard I've heard both sides of it. Of course, you know a lot of these companies are very very small, and I think when you know when you're very very small, you, you know try to help them out or whatever. It is interesting that the only one in the entire chain of of the production that doesn't get paid is the tester. Um, mm -hmm. and which corresponds a lot to who doesn't get paid in ready to wear clothes because the people who actually make the clothes get paid so little. So your pair of jeans that you got, whatever you got for, um, I'm sure you got more than 35 cents for it, you know? Um, yep. and you know, sometimes people are being paid, you know, less in a day than a pair of jeans cost. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I used to buy my clothes at Old Navy and I know that I often got jeans for 10 or $15 and there was no way that Old Navy was paying a living wage to the people who made those jeans and also yep. getting a profit for themselves off that. It's just not possible. I don't mind testing without any compensation for a, a small designer that's just coming out. I think if people have got a good production going, they should at least be paying for the fabric. I, I, yeah. I think that's fair. I, I agree with you. And I think in an ideal situation, they, they'd compensate for the fabric. There'd be a stipend for your labor. There'd be a stipend for paying to print the pattern. Mm -hmm. Because as noted um, on some of these patterns, I'd be printing 68, 70, 100 pages and taping them together, which is not insubstantial. It's yeah. a significant investment of my time, or I'm going to pay for four AO pattern sheets to be sent to me. And that's going to cost me 15 or $16 with the shipping as well. And, you know, I'll always, always trade money <laughs> to get back more of my time. Yeah. But that's because I have the privilege to do that. And not everybody does. It's, it's, it's a tough and weird situation. I think yeah. your feedback expectations can be higher if you're paying for that labor you know, you can hold to a different standard. You can expect more in the way of help with developing that pattern than maybe you can if you're asking people to donate that time as yeah. well. Um, that said, it's really important that people with hips my size and bigger test because if you don't, you don't get those patterns or they don't fit. Right, right. Um, it's a complicated issue for sure. And it's sort of like... You you know, it's, it's been like this for a long time. So it stays like this kind of thing. Yeah. But I do see companies that are like, I, it sounds like, um, you know, you, you've tested for companies that have really good, um, you know, compensation. And I know that, um, on, 
on the Love to Sew podcast, Helen has talked about Helen's Closet has compensation for people who, I mean, I don't know how much it is, but, but there's something, it's not, it's yep. not nothing. Um, and, and I think that's wonderful because that's, that's at least acknowledging that the sewing community is contributing to, so. Yeah, we're contributing to their success so they can, they should contribute. Yeah. To the people who are helping them with that. I, I agree entirely. That, that said, I do get a lot out of sewing for samples. I, I enjoy that. I think the one thing I don't care for about um, doing testing or final samples on a new pattern is many of the companies require a certain number of social media mentions. My favorite companies are the ones who say, if you would like to post your photos when you're done, please feel free to do so. And that's the limit of it. And that's in part because, first off, I, I'm always very upfront with them. I'm like, you know what? I post in three different places and I only do it if I feel like it. And if that doesn't work for you, I don't have to participate. It doesn't hurt mm -hmm. my feelings. It's okay. But you've given me your terms and conditions. I'm telling you, I'm not going to comply <laughs> with this particular one. And nobody has ever said, then don't, don't sew up the tester. They are always like, okay. But it's almost like they feel like to get you to publicize it, they would need to make it a requirement mm -hmm. instead of it being something where you're so excited by what it is you made that you, you want to share it. Right. Because uh, most of us, especially if you've pulled your spool of testers from Instagram or Facebook, we're all out there wanting to share about what we've made anyway. That's, that's yeah. what we're doing. So you're, you've already got a group who's primed to want to do that, presumably. Exactly. Hmm. Well, um, so we have two more podcasts this month. One pod, the next podcast, I think, I think I'd like to talk about some new patterns next time. How about you? Awesome. I love new patterns. Okay. We'll get together some new patterns and, and talk about that. Um, and then um, the, the next one after that is going to be our reveal of this. I would like to ask listeners um, at some point, uh, Jenny and I record this over Zoom. And so we have, we have video and we have audio in this. And we could actually publish this also as YouTube. And I'm interested mm -hmm. if there's anyone in the, if, if the audience would be interested in that or if, if they just rather listen than podcast, um, because you know, it won't hurt our feelings. If you say you don't want to, you don't need to see our mugs. Um, but I, I would be interested to hear if people, people would like that or not. Maybe we'll put that as a post in our social media. I like that idea. I will say you are missing out if you are not looking at the adorableness that is the two of us speaking. <laughs> But I don't think I'm wrong as well. We often stand up and are like, look at what I've got on and yeah. things like this. So you're missing out, man. But, but you got to let us know what it is you want, because we definitely want to, I don't know, put out in the world, the things that you're interested in. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I think that's it for today. So have a great week and See you next Tuesday. The Punk Rockers podcast is created, performed, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. Our artwork and music is designed, written, and performed by Jim Duran.